You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hello, gang. Welcome back to the Critical Commentary Watch-Along Podcast about the television show Riverdale. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan. And I'm Chloe. Welcome to this podcast, which is recorded here on the unceded territory of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish First Nations, uh, where much of Riverdale is shot. Mm-hmm. I should also add, I'm recording today from uh, my hometown, uh, Treaty 8 territory, uh, the traditional lands of the uh, the Cree, Dene, Tha, and Beaver people. Yeah, so we're doing Spread this kind of what is sort of the old-fashioned way now. <laughs> The medium old-fashioned way, it's sort of hard to say. Like, for a bit we were together, and then for a bit it was just full-on COVID. Mm -hmm. And then it's still full-on COVID, but we were at least uh, safe enough to be in the same room. And now Ryan is uh, on Treaty 8 territory. (laughs) This is is that, like, twice a year where I remember I'm a farm kid, and it screws up all my schedules. But there we go. It's nice. There's a lot of trees in nature. I'm having lots of tree and nature time on the family farm. That's so good. Um, yeah, Ryan keeps sending me pictures of good things, uh, and it's nice. That's... Good things include cats. Good things in- that snuck in from the barn, right? Yeah, yeah. Crawled in my window on the second story and cuddled with me at night. That A farm cat did that. Life's Aww. idyllic sometimes. It's all, it's all a trash fire, but every once in a while you get these idyllic moments. It really has been a trash fire in Vancouver the last couple of days, as well as many other places in BC. Um, (sighs) We had an anti-vax protest out my window. Um, It was very stressful. I cried, um, which is not like me um, in a situation like that, but it was very distressing. Um, Mm -hmm. I would like to use my little platform to say if you are comparing... Vaccine passports to the Holocaust, um, you need to think about your life choices. <laughs> yeah, that. Oh, That's what oh. you need to do. Oh. <laughs> uh, not an appropriate comparison. Anyway, on to I'm more s- cheerful topics. I'm so glad I missed that. Yes, quite. <sighs> um, quite. There was no explicit comparisons on anyone's signs yesterday, but that is um, quite a bit of the... Uh, rhetoric that is being used by people who are anti-vax. Yeah. Um, I also want to, uh, send my love to any of our listeners who, uh, have a uterus who are in Texas, if there are Mm. any. Um, there's a lot of solidarity out there for you. Um, yesterday was a bad day. Yep. 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 (sighs) <sighs> well, that's that. That's Now the state of the world is addressed. Uh, the state of Riverdale is not that far off. Yeah, this was an intriguing episode. I watched this one when I was pretty tired last night, and so I mm. would, I'm interested to see it with a fresher mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm coming sure. fresh off of a, a watch with, uh, with my friend Channing, actually. Um, so I'm diving right back into the show, and um, I enjoyed it. Certainly compared to last week, I enjoyed it. Um, we both found, me and Channing, both found this episode felt long, as if there were three half episodes. It somehow. did feel long, I agree. Mm-hmm. It's very, very interesting after the weird mess of last week's pacing, to have this very mm. artful, artfully paced episode with... With a, a clever narrative framing. And yeah, structurally, this week made me happier. Um, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm ready to reflect on the content, um, which was all actually kind of interesting moral questions to some degree. Like, I was, you know, when, now that I say it, I wasn't expecting from Riverdale quite this analysis of. Uh, mental health crises and rock bottom and serious trauma triggers. Interesting. I am ready to hear how you feel because in my fatigued Mm. state last night, I was like, ooh, I don't really know how I feel about this. 
Mm. Um, but I did think it was beautifully shot. I really yes. thought it was like a very beautifully lit episode directed by Majin Amick, who we love, our very own Ma Cooper. Um, and uh, the night I did think the performances were really strong, actually. It really struck me in this episode. I thought the, ep- the performances were really, really strong. Majin Amick really knows how to get... I mean, she's been working with these people for a long time. I'm sure there's a rapport. Yeah. I would assume there's a rapport buildup. I mean, obviously, I have no knowledge of these people, but I would assume there's a bit of a rapport built up. And so, anyway, yeah, I really, really appreciated the performances in this episode a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I agree. Um, I, I think Betty Betty's was perhaps the most striking to me. Mm. Um, perhaps the most heightened feeling. Um, I think I was especially taken in by how Betty's shot, Betty's, um, section was cut and edited and shot and, Mm. um, that the, the very distinctive rapid jumps and connections and mental connections happening through scene jumps. I guess, I guess that technique was used very effectively throughout, um, to tell a story in a very, to tell the story in a very unusually chunked out, divided in non-linear sort of way, but completely comprehensible, completely emotionally linear, completely emotionally comprehensible. That's interesting. Um, I'm really intrigued by those comments and I'm looking forward to rewatching the episode now. Well then, why don't we jump in, Chloe? Why don't we? I love jumping in. Let's begin the watch-along commentary section of the podcast, where we play the show silently in the background, rip it to pieces, and you're welcome to join us. <laughs> some so, of the pieces are um, good. I rip good pieces off. I keep some of the pieces. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you rip pieces off things, sometimes you want to chew them and swallow them and keep them forever, you know? <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Shall we three, two, one, go? Yes, three, two, one, go. And you're going to badoom us in? Sure. Three, two, one, go. Badoom. Badoom. Channing also hates the new WB sound. It's, yeah, Channing's it's upsetting. right. It's upsetting and jarring. This umbrella is just great. This whole thing was so cr- so cool creepy so beautifully aesthetic for a framing story for the the older story um oh, that's interesting that you liked this i wasn't sure i wasn't sure please please tell me more i'm interested honestly it it's not riverdale good it's not naturalistic good the the the, the art story but it's so stylized it's so aesthetic it's um I think very much in line with, I actually, I feel like I liked how boldly on, on genre and on theme Betty's section allowed itself to go. And I feel somewhat, somewhat similarly watching, um, watching Cheryl's framing story again, that it is so deeply committed to its aesthetic in this moment that I'm just Mm. really happy to, to go along with it and walk down the creepy hallway, seeing what is seen. I did... I did like the Sabrina flavor here. Yes, yes. Oh, and the, with the mind shots, the mind scenes. I was really thinking back to Sabrina and what this team presumably has learned about Appalachian horror. Um, mm. with, with mind collapses and carbon monoxide, with um, serial killers on the truck on the truck highway, and with. Um, Yeah, I guess. Uh, no, the Mothman. That's it. Mothman. Yeah, Mothman. there we go. The Rat King. Not so. That was a weird red herring, but here we are. I liked it. I'll get to that later. Archie's in yeah. therapy. I was surprisingly pleased to see this, and boy, howdy, did I did I, do I recognize some of those? Like, no pills, no. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Some of the hesitancies um, of Archie and this doctor. What do you think? Yeah, though? I I felt very um 
I felt very intrigued by the mention of EMR here. I'm in the middle of a, a book that I'm mm -hmm. finding very interesting about trauma, and uh, it's called The Body Keeps the Score. It's a well-known book. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, EMR is sort of something they keep hinting at, and we haven't quite gotten to the chapter on it yet. So mm -hmm. I was interested to see a real technique for um, navigating... Um, post-traumatic stress disorder be used here. I don't know if this is the correct way to do it. Like, I don't know enough about mm -hmm. it to really make any comments beyond they named it and then they did it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Likewise, I don't have the personal experience with this technique. Um, but my, my therapy experience and both around like basic training and experiencing and hiring therapists, this yeah. feels a lot closer than TV generally tends to get. Like, I'm reminded of the Mrs. Mrs. Burble episode, but then taken to a much more naturalistic way. Um, yeah. And it, it, it really uh, also made those those stylized shots stand out all the more. Um, that shot we just passed of Archie you know, kind of pulling in and just the, the, the everything framing around him weirdly. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I have two things I got to say really fast. One is that I thought KJ Apra's performance in that moment was really good. I think the last time Archie has had to cry was Miss Grundy stuff in the first season. Oh, yes. It's been a long time. I mean, he's a good crier. Um, the other thing I want to point out is this amazing coat on Cheryl. That is a, a particular um, type of fancy <laughs> China ceramic pattern that yes. I recognize from my grandmother's house from my childhood. And mm. this coat is so great. Like, it just um, highlights in this very sort of semi-subconscious way, like, Cheryl is fancy. Like, it's big fancy from Cheryl. I really Deep love fancy. it. I think it's a really yeah. cool choice. Yes, yes, yes. I, I very much agree. Um, the, the, the aesthetics across the board were on point this episode. Mm -hmm. um, especially Cheryl's, again and again. And Nana Rose with her parasol. And just, like, there's no reason for Nana to be there, but she's there and it's great and it's the right choice. <laughs> it's like getting her into as many shots as possible it just adds yeah i feel like nana rose has another moment in this episode that i really liked but i don't recall what it is now this is so i can't figure out what the what cheryl's deal is in this mm -hmm. sequence not this sequence specifically but like oh this little moment between yeah, nana rose wink, and reggie i thought Reggie's. that was so cute yes um uh and this like this like funereal umbrella, it's really fun. So this is all so reminiscent of Sabrina. It's really interesting. Yes, absolutely. Like it, it really feels like they're applying what they learned in some ways, which feels very like teachery and condescending to say uh, when I say that out loud. But it feels like they're they're growing on their achievements. There we go. That's the that's the proper yeah. ad adult uh, compliment to give to this team of creatives. Oh. Um, the thing that, uh, oh, yeah, the thing I was going to say is that I, I can't figure out what Cheryl, Cheryl's doing in this, in this mm. particular vignette. Right. I don't, like, I appreciate that she wants the Palladium now that she knows that it's there. That's very in keeping with Cheryl's character. But I, yeah. she's working them so hard and it, fe it feels like. Even for Cheryl, it feels a little weird. It feels like there's an extra motive at play that is not clear to me. Right. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. I think um, Cher none of the questions of Cheryl's plot are answered here. This isn't you know, yeah. this episode as a whole is does not resolve Cheryl, but it builds her up. It builds her story up in some interesting ways, like. I, I was I was actually a little surprised, given this, the strict format, to see Cheryl both featuring mainly in one of the, the, the sub-arcs and telling the overstory. Um, and it, it, it almost felt to me as if we're seeing two different... two different points and phrase, two different phrases of Cheryl's scheme, uh, each flavored in very different ways. Like, getting seeing Cheryl in scheming mode through Archie's story reframes her her overstory for me. If, uh, yeah. Huh, that's really interesting. Dr. Winters. 
what is he? What is he taking there? Oh, lorazepam. And this. It, it ends in zone, I think. Whatever that was. Yeah, zones. Anyway, yeah. Anti-anxiety medications can be used responsibly and greatly. And I appreciate that they... I guess I kind of appreciated this arc that they let Archie's biases flare up and show it and be wrong and be damaging. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's not like they seeded it or dug in of like, oh, yeah, he's worried about medications or foreshadow. It's just like, no, that's, yeah, when you're facing treatment for something you don't understand, whatever is offered if you don't understand it fully, it can be very intimidating and confusion, confusing. And this is an Archie who's, who I think is who is still so treatment shy in some ways. Mm. Like, they, they spent last episode getting Archie to help, but that's not... But then they, they kept telling that story of Archie struggling with utilizing his help. And that did, that did surprise me. Pleasantly, as far as uh, a seasonal mental health arc goes. Yeah, I loved... um, I loved how jarring a lot of the lighting was in here. Like, the the white lights um, contrasted with the dark, but also with the yellow lights. Like, it really did feel the way your Mm -hmm. brain can feel sometimes when you're not... When it's not 100% online. Yeah, I love that little performance moment of, I'm fine, bang head, bang head, bang head, to punctuate how fine you are. Um, I, I did really like that beat of breakdown. Um, this scene surprised me, but... Yeah, this seemed... This is this was where they kind of lost me with this vignette, or this... Mm. Um, it, like, it's not that I don't believe that this is not real or not possible or not in keeping mm-hmm. with, um, mm-hmm. not in keeping with this. It's just that I don't know that paranoia is necessarily a feature of PTSD, you know? Mm. No, I I really I don't know, it. though. You've, I you bought, bought it? it? Oh, that's interesting yeah. to me. Like, I really wanted to buy it. I thought it was a cool choice, but I did have a moment where I kind of was taken mm-hmm. out of it for a minute. I I guess I wasn't reading this so much as paranoia because this is an Archie who is hallucinating, right? He is carbon oh, monoxide right. poisoned. I forgot. Yes. So that right, uh, right, right. It's interesting. Like that is actually an irrational and not fully present version of Archie. Uh, right, 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 right. That makes who sense is to me. Very lightheaded and hallucinating. And that's in- and like jumping ahead a touch, the consequences they let Archie sit in also very interesting and unexpected for a TV show. Yeah, hmm. yeah, I really, I really loved a lot of the choices made Shanamic made or it felt like made Shanamic was making hmm. in this episode in terms of really caring about these characters. Yeah, yeah, we're. We're not sympathizing with them. We're just sitting with them in the really, really, really bad moments. Without really explaining, which is refreshing. Yeah, and I think the other thing that I have... Like, my sort of main frustration with this show, I think... Mm -hmm. And I say this as a fan. Like, I love the show. Mm -hmm. Was that the first season made me care about these characters (laughs) so much... And then mm. in the subsequent seasons, I've been like, oh, but I wanted you to do something a little bit more interesting for that character, please, writers. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really care about them. Yeah. And, like, I would like the lived was... experience to be continuing yeah. that story, whereas we veer sharply into genre. And our, our cast plays out the genre, as we've seen. But that doesn't make for the most consistent character arc. Well, I do like the genre... Adventures that that I'm here for. Um, mm-hmm. But what I've liked a lot about this season and about this episode in particular, as well as a few others, is that we get an opportunity to really care about what's happening for these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. yeah, sit with them the way you were saying. So yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. I I find it quite easy to to get wrapped up in the silly in-world logistics sometimes in Riverdale plots. And in this case, I, I, 
um, you know, had some snarky thoughts about, well, yeah, you're you're hiring an untrained construction crew to open a mine. That's illogically unsafe. But they didn't that and and that that was correct. That was true. But that's not what the plot was about. The plot was about Archie's having this extreme emotion. It just was stage dressing. It was, yeah, the the, mm. the setting of the story all highlights Archie's emotional conflict. There's something that's yeah. annoying. How do we fix it? Thanks, Aheep Cheryl. <laughs> yeah, I didn't clock exactly that. Like the comp- this Cheryl clearly has a plan. Yeah, and, there's something like uh, afoot. Yeah, yeah. Not unlike the the one Hiram scene from last week. The like, yeah, yeah. The one. But so much has happened. Gosh, you were saying about this episode seeming long. So much has happened, and we we're just getting the title credits. (laughs) You know. That's true. I I mean, we're about a good ten minutes in. Now I. We're we're through most of Archie's story, actually. Yeah. And we're getting the title credits. This was a fascinating shot choice to me. Um, yeah, I'm scared to be alone with you. That's, this was, I am so glad they followed through with this consequence because, yeah, therapists are people doing their job mm-hmm. and they can't, they're not magic gurus who will fix you and absorb yeah. whatever you take. Um, Yeah. They don't have a therapeutic relationship anymore. And that sucks. But that's... Yeah. That happens in real life. You burn bridges sometimes, and it's awful. Makes getting help extra hard. Yeah. What outfit is Betty wearing in this... Hmm. Was that a scene that was... Because that's a dress of Cheryl's, I think. It it has that... Well, that's a very Betty collar. Oh, yes, it is. Mm. I'm you know what? I saw red when actually I think pink is what's going on here. Yeah. Very Come traditional on. Betty with a chainsaw. Yeah. Mm. I Part of me uh just picturing how this episode comes together. I I I want I wonder what stage those paintings came in as concept art because they each feel like a concept art for a short. Like oh, I, yeah, that's interesting. Like, you could have brought we, those be, three paintings. Yeah. Before, before we navigate away from this scene, look how muted all the colors are. All of our saturated blues and pinks are missing. They are dulled. They yeah. are dulled. I noticed that in Archie in the office. They were shooting in the office, which is a very dulled, greeny, flat place. And mm-hmm. um, that there was a photo of Archie and his dad in a, in a warm red light, in a, in a single practical lamp in a room of green grays. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that is very intentional and stylized throughout this story. We're, we're in a very low color, low saturation, um, unhappy place. Yeah. Um, but you were saying about the paintings, like when they came in concept- mm. conceptually. Yeah, I know. It's really interesting because we've just had Cheryl doing forgeries and these are original works. Yeah. You yeah. know? Even um, meditexturally, like, I can imagine bringing those to a script pitch and being like, I found these three amazing pieces of fan art. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's so a big yawn, Riverdale gang. I enjoy, I am enjoying Lily Reinhardt's performance here of Cold Interrogator on a moral razor's edge. I am enjoying it. Like, mm. I... I accepted Betty was about to chainsaw that man. Yeah, I also loved the little, you're not in the United States anymore, you're in Riverdale. I was like, thank you for acknowledging that this place exists out of space and time, because it clearly does. (laughs) Yeah, there are no consequences, and she gets that body to Dr. Curdle Jr., and sure... Hi, yeah. I found Body who was chained to the wall in my shop class, choking, choked himself to death on his tongue. You want to take care of that? Cool. I mean, I remember the last time that Ma Cooper and Betty Cooper tried to hide a body. Someone found it. 
True. I guess they cut steps this time and just pay off, pay off the good doctor straight away. Yeah. <sighs> I wonder, do you know anything about how pictures are selected for this kind of thing? Like, do you audition to be the missing girl in the photograph? Oh. How does um, that work? You know, I don't. Um, it's it's really down to what props gets. Um, these could very mm. well just, more likely than not, these are not people they hired. These would be stock photos they purchased. Um, probably. Unless, you know, oh, other than Polly, other than the specific characters. Um, yeah. I would be surprised if they brought in a model for a character who they weren't otherwise using live anyway. The really quick cuts in here, um, I thought were such an effective rapid storytelling. Mm. Like, we're right to the essential emotional beats of Archie and Betty and Jughead. We're right there with the emotional pace of their story uh, as they're feeling it. Not the the trudging rollout of a narrative at realistic pace. Right? It, that that worked for me. That the the beats of storytelling here really worked for me. I I did find I felt like this episode was very long the first time through, um, and on my second pass, I I think it's more dense. Like it felt long to me the first time through because I was absorbing a great deal of Riverdale all at once coming through. Yeah, I do, I do, it does seem to be zipping along a lot more quickly this time. Mm-hmm. Because I know where I'm going. <laughs> that does help, doesn't it? With, going in with foreknowledge as well, um, I'm really, I'm noticing how futile the things Betty were, was trying are a bit more poignantly this time. Mm-hmm. Like, like, mm-hmm. as the... As a viewer, there's there's no question to me that she's going to have to result to extreme measures and torture as she trudges through several failed steps. Um, and the story of Betty is trying what she can to not have to interrogate this guy before she goes all in. Um, like, the emotional want of, if I can just do this nice, if I can do this less bad, if I can do this a little bit more okay. Um, it's interesting. Because Betty's kind of, like, she's, there's a lot of emotions going on here. There's a a desperation, an extreme desperation. Yes, that's true. And I love, something I love about Betty and Alice's relationship is that eventually Betty comes to Alice for help with everything. Yes. Which I think is very touching about their relationship. Yeah. I mean, especially reflecting back on the dynamic of season one of, like, Betty feels like she can't tell her mom things. And now her mm-hmm. mom is her murder mentor. Yeah, murder mentor. That's so sweet. Not quite as experienced as Cheryl's mom at the murder mentorship, but, you know, points for spending a lot of time with serial killers. Yeah, I, this was one of the scenes that I loved in terms of lighting the most with, with Majinamic backlit with that car. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that, that is very, very true. There's, yeah, there's heavy shadows, but it's not an obscuring shadow. It's like the whole world is dark and dim. Hmm. Yeah, the other thing that I... The only so the thing that took me out of love this the thing that mm-hmm. took me out of this vignette mm-hmm. was Betty, an experienced FBI agent, thinking she could appeal to a serial serial killer's better nature. That yes. seems sort of like a surprising tactic to me. That's a very fair point. That's a um, very fair point. Huh. Also, yes, thank great you, Alice. delivery from Alice Loved. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just a thesis statement for this short. With that dark shaded look away. <sighs> Murder permission. Yeah. As your mother, I give you permission. 
Oof. Which, you know, is kind of an intriguing moral moment. <laughs> because the first person who gives you permission to do anything is your mother. They're the, like, original permission giver, your parents. Mm. It, it sacks with the establishment of Riverdale as a place outside of authority. You know, that, that was an explicit plot point in the first half of this season. Betty reiterated it here. You're not in America anymore. You're not in the USA. Mm-hmm. This place is no man's land. Um, and in, in the absence of all authority, who is an authority here? Maybe her mom? Maybe her mom. Who knows? Uh, Alice Cooper... I mean, she gets stuff done. <laughs> she's killed cult leaders before with great effect yeah I also didn't know how I felt about us finding out that Betty had had this said to her I didn't oh, just it yeah. took me out of it it didn't feel mm-hmm. like the way in which it felt unreal wasn't that like fun Riverdale ride unreal it wasn't like um Chad mm-hmm. Michael Murray on the rocket you know, mm-hmm. it was, mm-hmm. uh, it just kind of took me out of it. I haven't really hooked into the, the, the paper bag killer plot in general. And part, I don't mm-hmm. think they've dropped too many, uh, too many beats of that. Um, but looking at, mm-hmm. at that in the context of the whole episode, um, I, I, I suddenly want to reframe and revisit Betty's story as the narrative of a trauma of revisiting trauma. Now, the fact that oh, she's e- echoing learned serial killer lines that were used on her to great effect, uh, and at the beginning of the episode, Archie's the art we introduced with Archie repeating the story disempowers it. Repeating the memory is thematic and powerful, as presented by a mental health professional, and Betty relives chunks of her story in replaying ways in 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 like trying to apply skill from this horrifying experience yeah i uh i wonder when we're gonna get the full deal on that Mm -hmm. i wonder when we're gonna get that episode and what it's gonna mean i almost hope it's not this season i almost hope it is not this season well, we're getting another um, season, so... Yay! Oh, the fire's back. The smoldering Cooper family house fire. It's not smoldering, the, like, flickering Cooper family yeah. house fire. It's a good, consistent presence, that Cooper fire. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh... These extreme face close-ups, too. Like they they mm-hmm. they started really utilizing that shot a lot and the 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 um, wide angle fisheyeish kind of a like distorted distorted look on a face. They've yeah, these are these are really stylized angles. I liked it. They are very stylized ang- angles. That's true. Um... I, I love that. I love when a, like, one-time director kind of gets a chance to show off. Mm-hmm. Well, now, this isn't our first Match Dynamic episode, is it? I, I feel like she's Oh, no, it's not. Before. You're right. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah. No, um, I think Match Dynamic also directed the... At least, yeah. It's either the prom episode or the, the, my son's going to college, FP shouts from the back of Pops, yeah. whatever that episode is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds familiar. That sounds very familiar. Um, surprising end beats of like plot info at the end of Betty's arc as well. The idea of like I'm actually intrigued by the novel concept of a serial killer family. Like that's a little bit fresh to me, I guess. Oh, all right, I, fair enough, fair enough. I was kind of like how immediate, how final. The serial killer they caught was they clearly caught a serial killer like they found one but that being just the one ant you see of the of the whole mound is is interesting huh 
I was surprised we went to Jughead instead of Veronica, but I don't think they could have done anything with Veronica that would have thematically jived as well as these three stories flowed. Yeah. I, I, I almost missed Veronica. I was surprised she wasn't in someone else's story in some capacity. But it felt cohesive. Yeah. And I also think, uh, I think this was sort of this, like, story filling in for Jughead that I need to sort of move forward. Like, if we don't end up spending this much time with Jughead for the rest of the season, I will still feel pretty satisfied. Right. Like, Um, we we told an interesting beat of his story here. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the big plot. Yeah, and like, don't get me wrong, I like this character. I identify with this character a lot, but um, of all the characters on Riverdale, I probably identify with Jughead the most. Um, But uh, there was, yeah, I just thought thought this was a very satisfying delivery of his story. Um, I also loved uh, how how they do this thing about how alcohol is everywhere. Like when you're an addict, mm. it's in every gift yes. and it's at every party and it's there when you don't know what else to do. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? I thought that was actually very well placed in this segment. I thought. Yes. Jughead's relationship with addiction and relationship to substances, unexpectedly nuanced and interesting story to tell here hmm. that they told how they told. I, I was a little surprised to see Jug showing up in a traditional AA meeting setting, but it worked for me. It worked for me. Interesting. Yeah. I enjoyed revisiting some of these like time skip trope scenes, but with a much leveler head. Like Jughead's the Jughead's in between story feels very reasonably sized in its telling here. Mm-hmm. I'm also yeah. yeah. I'm glad this is the big reveal of Jughead's story. It's not it's not the Mothman secret. It's more that like yeah, he had an addictions issue. It sucked. He was busy. And then he went home. And that fits exactly yeah. with the Jughead we met top of the season and not at all with the narrative that we were parodying of his of his character trope and arc. Like, it's a... I think... It, I'm more interested? I like it. Mm, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's, I'm it's more unexpected more and new. To me. Yeah, YA. I also... I also loved that he's a YA writer, which I didn't know. Yeah, that's a nice detail, because his, his famous novel that uh, trash... That ruined his reputation because it's a veiled story of everyone in Riverdale was, yeah, a why <laughs> one more divergent knockoff. Hmm. I can't tell like where Betty is. Is she at college in her dorm? Yeah. Is there that's... someone in the bed next to her? I wasn't sure what I was supposed to take away from that look she gives to her right. Mm-mm. I guess I yeah. I was more distracted by the sudden the sudden switch of Betty and like Lily Reinhardt suddenly being a completely different Betty. Mm-hmm. Um not unlike Cheryl in the overstory versus Cheryl in Archie's Archie's story. Um it was really interesting to see different facets of these characters playing very different roles in the in the genre trope within the same episode. Yeah, that is interesting because the first time we see her in the in Jughead's vignette, she's in one of her old like heart print sweaters. Mm, mm-hmm, when she's mm-hmm. talking to him in the hall. Um on the phone. Yes. Yeah. This sequence was Sometimes sequences like this can be too long, Mm. but this really worked. So I'm just going to say, Riverdale gang, my cats are starting to get antsy, and you (laughs) might hear them patting around and swatting each other in the background because they're very ready to eat. (laughs) Anyway, here we are. And whoop. 
There's there's light, different lighting in Jughead. It's still dark and dim, but I'm getting a few... Like, the, the A meaning here follows the pattern we've established of of low saturation. Mm-hmm. Uh, very question? dull. It's a great color. question. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like I've heard from a lot of folks who have come out of addiction... Suddenly, I woke up in a hospital bed. I feel like I've heard mm. that before. You know that this this moment rang very true for me, and I appreciated it. Right, right. Rang very true for me. Yeah, and it was interesting to get a little bit more of Jessica and uh, Jughead's relationship. Jessica is the name of that character, right? Yeah, I think so. Yes, I. She is once again a new and interesting character in a lot of ways in this this telling the story. It adds a lot just with her being present and showing her present. I'm glad she's not like one-off bit gag and then into the void forever as a character. I'm very glad for that. Hmm. Here to Riverdale, eh? I enjoy that they acknowledge earlier on that Jughead. That's like, yeah, it's weird. I teach. I used to teach here. Also, what happened to his English class? Oh my god, they didn't have an English teacher. Do kids in Riverdale just not learn English anymore? <laughs> uh, I, I'm really. I was more more satisfied with this jughead story on second second repeat than i than i thought i was the the um like there's this undercurrent of the the whole rat king mothman thing we're getting into uh all being like the the emotions and the the experiences smushed into mm. a story and how we ta- how he expresses those emotions as a story um I, I think Riverdale has bl- played the blurry line of how much is this na- Jughead's novel narrating, and how much is um, they played with these these extreme dramatic types. But um, yeah. here it we really hit on like a young guy dealing with awful things and mm-hmm. putting them onto paper and putting them into a hallucination and. Just, like, it felt... The metaphor didn't feel forced or clunky to me here. It didn't feel like metaphor in the way it often does when they um, go so so extreme in choice. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I wasn't... I... I wasn't sure what to make of this sequence, but I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, this stuff with the Mothman and it being his agent... The same actor, I think. Mm. Um, I think. I'm not 100% sure, but I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that would make sense in a surreal, weird storytelling way. Mm. Yeah. And I, I... There's that moment where he touches the end of the sword for a sec. Like, it yes. felt like it had so much weight. And I wasn't really sure mm-hmm. why. And I kind mm-hmm. of liked not knowing why. But I still liked that we lingered on it. It had a fantasy story storybook weight. That sequence had a real storybook weight and pace. Um, like, the, the, the lore of the Rat King kind of a tale. Yeah, there was definitely some lore afoot. The feeling of lore afoot. This is also very random, but there's a, a cartoon show from 20 years ago called Hey Arnold that also had a Rat King episode that featured basically the same goggles. And, like, they must both be parodying something else I'm not aware of. Because there's no way Riverdale is making an obscure Hey Arnold reference 20 years later, right? <laughs> I don't know. You never know with this show. <laughs> <laughs> this sequence I thought was really interesting because the way the way it's shot, I'm actually not sure if these actors are in the same room together. Like it's almost like mm. mm-hmm. 
Well, the stylization of it, yeah, like, they could have shot around that easily, and probably, probably did logistically. Um, hmm. Yeah. Um, my cats are starting to meow there, Riverdale gang. Something for you to listen to in the background, this sweet little, please feed me. Hear their um, songs. Sing their songs. I, Orpheus and Eurydice. Yeah. I might be able to cut some of them out if if uh, no, I'm, I'm not talking and Ryan too. is. I will meow along with them. We must sing their song, Chloe. They're <laughs> singing for you, gang. <laughs> um, I loved these extras who are just so patiently listening <laughs> to this main actor talk. I thought that was so charming in a way. Yes, this this wild wild story, and they're they're listening to him with a like, oh, okay, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like I don't think a meetings usually would dig in for details, but it worked as a framing introduction for telling the story and and showing us where where Jughead is at in a lot of ways. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. For real. <sighs> That was me, Riverdale gang. That wasn't the cat. <laughs> I entered the abyss with my phone <laughs> flashlights. <laughs> and in this moment, I thought, oh my god, don't go climb into the sewers alone. But it is Jughead. Yes. No one goes into the mines alone, except everyone goes into the mines alone. Everyone goes into the mines alone, especially after being warned not to go into the mines alone. Everyone goes gets in a truck alone, too. Everyone does silly, silly things that they know better. Funny that. I, I really liked this weird shot of, like, Thousand and One Arabian Nights storytelling Jughead storytell for your life. This yeah, weird little yeah. thing. Yeah, it's very evocative. It reminds, it reminds one of a lot of other stories, you know? Yeah. And I bought it as something that Jughead would make up to fill in the gaps of horrifying trauma that you can't necessarily process of being covered in rats. Oh, God. Sure, yeah. Hmm. That would be awful. That makes me think of that sequence from one of, I think, the third Indiana Jones movie. Oh, there's a No, there's a rat thing that happens. Uh, at some point, and then Indy's telling his dad about it later. It doesn't matter. Anyway. <laughs> we both need to watch her, rewatch her Indiana Jones. Or not. It was a fine yeah. film. Harrison Ford is entertaining. <sighs> Back to Jughead. What he's dealing with now. Yeah. Jughead should maybe be t telling some of this to a therapist. That might be... Oh, it's my turn for noise. This oh, hello, dog. Meet Nima, gang. That's Nima. Hi, Nima. It's my dear friend Channing's blessed dog, Nima. She is a joy and a hurricane. <laughs> so, how do we feel about the end note of this episode? I accept it. I yeah, I accepted it. I don't. I don't know. How do you feel, Chloe? I'm very worried for Minerva. Who's yes. being called Min Min the way Tony was called Titi. And in this painting, yes. she's kind of got her head back. Yeah. In this very sacrificial... I'm worried about poor Min Min. Last time your Nana suggested sacrificing me. Yeah. Red flag, girl. <laughs> Truly, it is a red flag. You should not need to be proposed a sacrifice twice. True. I did like how muscular Cheryl made herself look in this painting. Actually, I thought that yeah. was fun. I'm just noticing that for the first time. Little hints of random Greek myth reference. I'm, I'm, um, I'm in a classics binge right now. Some of my favorite podcasts are back from their summer hiatus. Uh, oh yeah, Ancient, Ancient History Fangirls is one I'm really enjoying. They're, um, it's two women telling very, um, very blunt, uh interpretations of lived experience in the past through seed through war elephants this year 
heavily about uh, ancient sex workers, starting in Greece and Rome. Oh, cool. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. So a little plug to that. Ancient history fangirls uh, is, I, I, it is a delightful history podcast. Conversational, feminist, casual. Uh, yeah. Cool. That, that sounds very great. In my mind. So I saw and felt all of the, the Orpheus and Euripides and Psyche and Cupid and... Did Betty and Archie have any any classics references? I want to go back now, just as, as a completionist, to to look for their references to myth. Not that I recall. I feel like their big myth is a very modern one, which is the like boy next door, mm. girl next door thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, gang, I liked that a lot more on the second watch. I liked it a lot more than last week. I'm going to bluntly say that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I thought this was a, this was, episode is definitely more an episode that we would like than last week. It is brilliantly cohesive in a, in a direct mm. opposite way to what last week's was. Like, it mm. is artfully wound together. And I don't, I don't know where we are next week. Yeah, I know. It's exciting. It's a good springboard. I'm interested in where we're going. Yeah. Well, we left all of our characters in a place of having told their story and now being kind of back at the the flat, basic place. Like, Archie's told his story, but there's failure. He's still in a bad place. Betty's told her story, but... uh, Serial killers. Jughead's told his story. We know it now. But, um, again, the, the therapist scene telling a story again, uh, disempowers it or changes the power. And this is an episode Mm -hmm. all about telling old, old trauma stories or new trauma stories and combined. That's very interesting. I like that. Yeah. I'll take that as the thesis of this episode. Huh. Well, to end it there how do you feel ryan yeah let's wrap it this week and uh because we'll be right back on in next week with more riverdale and i have a dog to go play with and she's very excited and energetic yeah so sorry and I, have a, I love I you have a meowy, yeah i have a meowy <laughs> kitty to go feed and ryan has important dogs to play with we're gonna go stop talking human now completely. Um, thanks for joining us, gang, and uh, excited to see you next week to see what kind of weird grab bag we get. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Looking forward to next week as well. Have a wonderful time uh, at home, Ryan, and we'll see you next week, gang. Ta. Ta.